Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, so we're reading The Pesky Kids 3, Stuck in the Mud, and we're up to Chapter 10, Home Front. Now, we're going to read half of this chapter today because it's incredibly long. I've got no idea why I wrote such a long chapter, but I did, so I'm going to split it in half. So let's get started on the first half of Home Front. Here we go. April and Ingrid stood on opposite sides of the kitchen, glaring at each other. To be fair, Ingrid could have been smiling warmly or glowering with rage. It's hard to tell with Scandinavian people. "'What's she doing here?' demanded April. "'Ingrid's moved in here temporarily. Dad trailed off. Ingrid was shaking her head. "'Uh, permanently?' Ingrid nodded. "'It's important that we're a convincing couple so that she isn't deported,' explained Dad. April snorted. Oh, yeah, like anyone would believe that a good-looking, athletic, blonde 20-something would settle for you. Your father is a respectable man, said Ingrid sternly. April looked at her dad. Her dad had changed out of his dressing gown, but he was still wearing his gardening trousers, a filthy shirt and a flannel hat, the type of hat that had only been fashionable for five minutes in the mid-seventies. Yeah, women don't usually find that attractive, said April, waving her hand in her father's general direction. People have all sorts of strange peccadilloes, said Loretta, as she glided elegantly into the room and helped herself to an apple. Some women are attracted to men with beards. I've never understood that personally. Every time you kiss it, it would be like rubbing your face on a carpet. Dad's got a beard, April pointed out. True, conceded Loretta, but that's easily fixed. Dad clutched his beard. I like my beard. Please don't shave it off. Don't worry, Mr Pesky, said Loretta, patting his hand. If I do decide to shave it off, I'll convince you it's your idea first. She picked up a knife and started peeling her apple, demonstrating that she was unnervingly adept with an extremely sharp knife. And what's she doing here, demanded April. Shouldn't she be in school? My school's given me the day off on compassionate grounds, said Loretta. Why would anyone show you compassion, asked April. You're a malevolent sociopath. I wanted the day off so I could move my stuff into our room, explained Loretta. And the principal at St Anthony's always gives me what I want. She learned years ago that her life would be easier if she did things that way. Ever since that time, I put the snapping turtle in her bathtub. She's not really moving in here too, is she? asked April, turning on Dad. Well, we can't abandon her, said Dad. She's a child. April scoffed. (laughs) There was not much that was childish about Loretta. She was taller than most adults, and she had the mind of a hardened con artist. It's not abandonment when you're leaving her in her own mansion with both her parents, said April. I'm going to have a lovely time here, said Loretta happily. It's so quaintly retro. You've only got three bathrooms. It's almost like camping. 
I'm moving my stuff up to the attic, grumbled April. There's no need, said Loretta. I'd love to share. Yeah, well, I don't want you shaving my head in the middle of the night, then convincing me it was my idea, said April. Fair enough, said Loretta, slipping the first perfectly sliced piece of apple into her mouth. But you'd have to go further than the attic to get away from me. I've already rearranged your side of the room to improve the feng shui. You touched my stuff, demanded April, leaping to her feet. Pumpkin leapt to his paws, too. He loved conflict. Yes, said Loretta, but only to make marvellous improvements. How dare you, bellowed April. You don't really have much stuff, said Loretta. A couple of changes of clothes and a seldom-used hairbrush. It only took the removalists a few seconds to move them. Although they were surprised when they discovered the books you had hidden under your bed. I never knew you enjoyed Regency romance novels. No, cried April. She took off running to check her room. When April got to her room, it wasn't her room anymore. It had been totally transformed. Well, not totally. Her bed and her small dresser was exactly the same, but they'd been shoved into the far corner. The rest of the room looked like it had been decorated by an evil genius who liked flying unicorns. There was pink everywhere, and taffeta, but also an astonishing amount of technology. Computers, TVs and stereo equipment, as well as all Loretta's climate-controlled aquariums that contained things much more disturbing than goldfish. "'What did you do?' wailed April. "'I renovated,' said Loretta happily. She had followed April into the room. "'Don't you just love it?' "'I hate it!' said April in disgust. "'That's just the cognitive dissonance talking,' said Loretta. "'Once you're over the shock, you'll grow to love it.' April ran her finger down the wall. It was slightly tacky. The wall had been beige that morning. Now it was pink. "'You painted the whole room in one morning?' Two coats,' said Loretta. "'Mr Richter, the painter, owed me a favour. April went to her dresser and opened a drawer. "'You folded my underwear!' "'Oh, I didn't do that,' said Loretta. "'Jessica, the interior decorator, believes underwear should be rolled "'so that every pair can be seen individually when you open the drawer.' "'April turned to Loretta. "'Normally, she lashed out at people when she was angry. "'But this was such a total violation of her privacy and her personal space "'that she was beyond anger. "'Only a couple of months earlier, "'all of April's possessions had been blown up by Professor Maynard "'to cover their trail and protect them from the collective.' The contents of that room were her only possessions, and now they'd been gone through and moved and laughed at. April tried to yell at Loretta, but all that came out was one heartbreaking sob. Oh my gosh, said Loretta. Usually she knew how to handle any situation, but she did not know how she could charm her way out of this. April's eyes were welling with tears. Loretta had to do something. "'I can get Jessica to put it all back.' "'She went to the bookcase and picked up some of April's books. "'Here, we can shove them in a box and hide them again. "'Not that you need to. "'There's no shame in enjoying good old-fashioned romance.' "'April felt a surge of rage. "'This galvanised her into action. "'She grabbed the books out of Loretta's hand "'and threw them out the window. "'Well, she would have if the window had been open, "'but the books hit the glass pane and bounced back onto the floor. "'The gesture had been pathetic. "'She felt pathetic.' April needed another gesture. She grabbed the pillow and doon off her bed and stormed out. Oh dear, said Loretta. Pumpkin barked happily and licked Loretta's hand. This being a sister business is more complicated than I imagined. I'm going to have to rethink my strategy. And we'll leave it there. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>